0: News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman in association with AIR on News Talk. Six out of ten CAO applicants have secured their first choice college courses this year. That's an increase on last year when just over half did so. Uh, The Minister for Further and Higher Education, uh, Simon Harris, joins us now. Uh, Minister, it's obviously a good thing that more people are getting their first choice.
1: No absolutely it is and I really want to congratulate the nearly 60,000 people who got a college offer yesterday. I think we can all remember how stressful a time this is for, for families, for students, for parents And I think the fact that we're now beginning to see the benefit of putting in the extra college places. So we increased the number of college places in key areas this year by 462. For example, we put 60 more medicine places in and for the first time in a long number of years now we're seeing medicine points falling. We're seeing nursing points falling. Um, So I think this is having a real benefit. Um, It used to be, as you say, it used to be one in two got their first choice. It's now three out of five and 85% of students now getting one of their top three choices yesterday.
0: You have added... A lot of places. Uh, Has that made a difference? And tell us why you believe
1: it has made a difference. I really believe it has made a difference. So we added 1,056 places in the last college year. And as I've said, we've added over 462 places this year. Obviously, increasing the number of places helps in general. But actually, the... The best thing about it has been that we've taken a targeted approach. So we've worked very closely with the universities and I want to thank them for this. And we've worked closely with other departments like the Department of Health to identify where there's key skills needs and to try and, I suppose, match supply and demand uh, a bit better. And that has seen um, a number of courses that used to even go to random selection. So you could get the points, but that still wasn't guaranteed a place. That number has significantly reduced this year from 47 courses where there was random selection last year to just 17 this year.
0: And that's obviously good. Is there still too much random selection and how much of that is down to grade inflation? I mean, it, you get people with, you know, full points or almost full points losing out on a course. There's something wrong with the system, surely, when that's the case.
1: There is, though. Actually, the random selection tends to be at the points not at the higher end by and large this year. Um okay. But you're right, great great inflation is a challenge um, and it does need to be unwound. And I'm very committed to working with the Minister of Education on this over the course of the next year. But in fairness to my colleague, Minister Foley, I mean, this is the first year that you've seen the Leaving Cert results back in the month of August since the pandemic. You've seen the CAO offers come out in the month of August. You've seen some of the COVID discretion in terms of choice on the Leaving Cert papers removed. So you can't do everything in one year. And I think there's been a number of steps taken to try and get the system back to a more normal place this year. The next big challenge, though, has to be unwinding the great inflation. I think we have to be honest about that. There can't be a cliff edge. It's unlikely to be something you can do in one year or one go. uh, But it is something that I think needs to see downward pressure.
0: Am I being overly cynical, Minister, in thinking it will not happen next year either? Because those students also didn't sit to junior cert. There's a general election uh, coming up and it'll be a case of, you know what, let's uh, let's park that for, for, for next year
1: as well. No, I do think it needs to begin next year. Um, and I actually think, you know, fairness is important here. And if you do it in a way that is careful and is incremental, I think it can be very fair. Because remember even despite the grade inflation this year, we're still seeing more people than in any time in recent years getting their first choice. Um, so it is possible, I think, to lower grade inflation a little bit next year and still actually see many, many people getting their first choice, but it needs to be done in a careful way.
0: It is also obviously unfair to those who are coming from north of the border uh, to college here because the UK have already uh, embarked on this system of, of readjusting uh, the grade uh, inflation. Uh, there's a report in the papers uh, this morning, Carl O'Brien is the historian in the Irish Times, You may or may not have seen it, Minister, that universities are looking at ways of boosting the number of students from the north because there has been a drop
1: in those numbers in recent times. There has. 572 students from Northern Ireland received an offer yesterday through the CAO. I think that was 652 last year. But I really believe this idea is is so important. We need to provide opportunities for students on the island of Ireland. And I am extremely supportive of that idea of working with universities to either ring fence places or have a quota of places. An all-island education system makes sense. Not just from an education point of view, but also from embedding peace and um, from making sure people can develop personal relationships across the island. And quite frankly, Shane, we're doing it already um, in the north. We already have Irish students now with ring-fenced access to 200 nursing places in Belfast and Derry this September, uh, 50 health and social care uh, places in areas like speech and language therapy. And from next year, from September 2024, we'll see Irish students going north to study medicine in Queen's and in um, Ulster University. So there's no reason why we can't do the same here in this jurisdiction. I think it's a really exciting idea. Of course, grade inflation is a part of it, but actually it's a bigger conversation than grade inflation. Why don't we actually just use all of the education resources on the island of Ireland in the interests of all of the students on the island of Ireland?
0: Okay. Um, A couple of things, Minister, before we let you go. Um, Obviously, the budget is happening next month. Uh, Last year, those of us who send our uh, children to to third level were delighted there was a a €1,000 reduction in the uh, registration fee of
1: €3,000. Is that likely to be repeated this year? This is the frustrating time of the budget cycle where parents and everybody else listen to the radio and ministers uh, have to say the line that, you know, these measures will be decided on Budget Day on the 10th of October and that is, of course, true. I am very aware, though, that the reduction in fees really did help um, students and parents last year as a cost-of-living measure. It was quite a straightforward and easy uh, system to administer and um, I'm obviously engaging very closely with my finance colleagues, Michael McGrath and Pascal Donoghue, on, on a couple of issues. One, how can we reduce the cost of education in general? And two, how can we also reform the grants system So that it understands how people study these days. For example, you can't access a SUSIE student grant if you do education in a part-time manner. Um, yet, actually, many many students need to access education in a part-time manner. So, both fees and grants are, are two issues I'm obviously pursuing in, in the run-up to the budget. You're making the case to the two ministers. I suppose my job to make the case, and in fairness to them, they obviously need to look at all of the cases and, and government as a whole. We need to we need to knit the package together. But let's be clear: if there's a cost of living package which I believe there will be in this budget, it has to include students, it has to include parents. The cost of sending children to college, particularly if you have more than one child going at the same time or if your child is moving out of out of home and needing accommodation, uh, is very real, is very significant and I think we need to address that and costs should not be a barrier to accessing education. OK,
0: all right. Uh, uh, very finally, can I ask you just about yesterday's constituency uh, review, your own uh, constituency of Wicklow, Wicklow, the county of Wicklow. A hatchet job is how one of your... Uh, one one of your constituency rivals described what happened with the uh, the breaking off of a, of a chunk of Wicklow and a chunk of Wexford into a new Wicklow-Wexford constituency. Uh, you're obviously based in the north of the county. Are, are, what's your reaction to what's happened?
1: Well, look, uh, as, as, as a resident of Wicklow, I think I've mixed views and, and many people in Wicklow will have mixed views because that idea of your county being split and your county identity is obviously a very sensitive issue. On the other hand, I think it is a recognition by the electoral commission that Wicklow deserves more representation in Dáil Éireann based on its population. And between Wicklow, Wexford, and Wicklow, um, these names are going to get a bit confusing. I feel, uh, but you're going to go from uh, you're actually going to see um, you're actually going to see seven seats uh, in the Dáil. So it is a recognition that the population, particularly in the north of the county, uh, has increased significantly in recent years. So all elections are tough. Uh, the battle lines are now drawn. Everybody knows the map on which they'll. Be fighting the next general election, and I very much look forward to seeking re-election in, in the Wicklow constituency, uh, the constituency that runs from, from Bray down to Wicklow Town and across to Bolton Glass and up to Blessington. Okay, we
0: we'll leave it there. Minister for Further and Higher Education, Simon Harris. Thank you for talking to News Talk Breakfast. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with air. Weekday mornings at seven. On News Talk.